All right, it's gonna rec it's starting to record. <clears throat> Five, four, three, two. Hello, Red Spotters. I'm Kyle Lira, and we have a special podcast for you today. It was premiered of a new episode of Once Upon a Time, and also we have Walking Dead going to be discussing. How are you, Alexis? I'm doing good, but though I should let you know that I haven't seen Once Upon a Time, so we can't talk about that. Ah, darn. I thought you watched once. All right, then I guess Walking Dead. Um, it is bigger, you know, it, right now. It's a television show, you know. So, um, so right now, um, and it's popping right now. It's all over Twitter, Facebook, everything. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty Walking Dead. I just hope you understand. We didn't want to hurt you. Nothing was personal. You don't have to do this. You don't have a choice. I will kill you. It's not over till we're all dead. They don't get to live. No matter what anyone says. Here! No matter what you think. You are not safe. It only takes one second. And it's over. Never let your guard down. Now, to begin this whole thing, what a badass Carol is. I mean, oh she just God. blew Terminus sky high, and she, you know, she was a helping factor in this, you know, and she... It's, a, it's a, an extreme understatement to say that Carol single-handedly showed Terminus up. Yeah. I mean, you and I were having, like, discussions, uh, even after the season finale... Turned down for what? <laughs> we were having discussions way back in March as to... Who's gonna Who's gonna save them? Carol? Do you think she's gonna be able to do it? Carol? You know, we were saying Carol and Tyrese. We had never even imagined Carol by herself rescuing them. Yeah. And my God, what an episode this was. She was. She was incredibly. You know, she was vicious. I love that. This is a vicious episode. I mean, Rick just said, you know. Let's go! And he stabbed those people, and my god, the, when they were making, like, they almost went, you know, MacGruber, you know, onto the whole thing, because uh, they were making weapons out of things that were already in the little mine train thing, and so then they were, like, and so they were, yeah, it was just mind-blowing. I can't, I can't even speak right now with all the awesomeness that I was surrounded it. Um, Daryl, um, he had a... He had a very sweet reunion with Carol. I mean, he was the first one to run to Carol. I mean, what did you think of that? I was hoping we would say that for the end, but if we got to talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right now. I, I was so looking forward to that in such a long time. And you know what was so great about that reunion? If we can just take a couple of minutes to talk about that. It's really interesting when you look at it. This episode as a whole feels so much like a season finale not so much as a season premiere yeah it's because it has a lot of hope it has everything like that you know they they t 
defeated the bad guy, you know, and all that. So it was it was very action packed. It was very heavy, very emotion set. I, I really love that. But when you look at it, I mean, that's what people wanted to experience for the season four finale, and we didn't get to have a full kind of great reunion at the end of it. And I think what's actually kind of masterful, masterful, if you think about this from the perspective of the writers and the producers, the payoff was just so much more emotional having this as the season mm. premiere because it was even longer having the crew completely at all different odds. This it was the reunion we wanted to see. It gave it time to set itself in to you know fully realize that everybody's back together and they're all walking towards the thing. And did you see the reveal at the end? Oh my god, the post credit scene, I literally was going bananas. It's I like, thought he already, I thought, well, I don't know what's his name, but um, I'll look it up. Right, huh. It's Morgan. Morgan, yeah, there you go. Uh, look at that, out showing the big... He was the from big, the pilot episode and from a very great episode of, of season three. And I thought he was dead, but when Morgan showed up and he like, you know, took off his mask and all this stuff, I'm like, That's, no. No, and so that, you know, they're going to have a powerful ally with them to side, you know? Who knows what's going on with that, because it would appear as if he's fine, he's more mannered now. He, the last time we saw him, he wasn't he wasn't, very, he wasn't very sane, you know, he had that, you know, he was going little loco in the hot cocoa kind of thing. So if you look at it, um, it's interesting because morgan seemed as if he was following the signs just as everybody else was he was heading mm. towards the sanctuary he was he was going to be with other people that is the way it's looking is it at any point possible now that we're talking about this would it be possible that morgan was more or less tracking brick down instead of terminus that is a very that is a very logical explanation of why he's been doing that um I honestly I don't know. Uh nobody knows at this point because there were so many unpredictable twists with that. I mean, um I did not see Carol being basically Superman and saving the day. I mean, I think without Carol, Rick would have been dead. I mean, th that is no question about it. What connection she had? I mean, I mean, people may be surprised we're talking about so much of Carol because so many characters but she pretty much was the main character in this episode she I mean she was the she was the MacGuffin she redeemed herself mm -hmm. and when if you if people who saw Talking Dead what Scott Gimple said is that it took the awkwardness away of the group knowing what she had done last season she's now fully redeemed and welcomed back in yeah I I <laughs> It's definitely, um, it was, they, bas they basically rolled out the welcome mat. They basically well put a rolled out the welcome mat and said, you know, welcome back in, you, Tyrese, and oh my gosh, that tender reunion with Judith and Rick and uh, Carl. That was tender, you know. I, it, I mean, that, that was nice to see, but for me, Carol and Daryl's reunion was just so, it, it had me. I literally, I'm not ashamed to say I was crying at that reunion because you know mm. I don't know why it may have been that way maybe because I was so on edge throughout the entire episode and I was just waiting for the for those two to reunite but Daryl instantly was in tears and so was I I mean that was just so it, it, it was beautiful honestly it, it, that, that, it, it's moments like these that make the show all worth it honestly 
it had everything you know in store for it. I mean, it followed the standard Pixar formula. It had the action. It had the you know, had a little bit of humorous moments. I mean, not just. I mean, it's not the humorous moments that you would think, but just the fact that everything was just so badass. You know, this is textbook badassery. Um, and everything just went in full circle, almost full circle. I mean, we saw a preview of the next season, of the next um, episode, which looked very, you know, compelling, very interesting. It features, not, not to be a two-spoiler, but it also features Father Gabriel from the comics. Yeah. Coming up with that, which may be correlated with Beth's storyline or not. Or maybe with that nearby house they were staying at. I mean, there's just so many questions regarding that. Um, maybe. To, to touch upon we that. have to stay tuned. And by the way, Walking Dead airs on AMC at 8 o'clock Standard Pacific Time, 7 well, o'clock. We're hitting them with the obvious, Kyle. Um, no, The Walking Dead is actually moving to the Burley News crew. It's actually going to air there every Sunday. It's like, oh, really? That's at least nice. we'll get viewers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay. I, dig- I digress. I digress. Um, oh, listen, listen, Michonne, did you get a, did you get a lot of her like lightsaber, her dual lightsaber she had? Yeah, I mean it was like they're pretty nifty. they were like all that stuff, and it it and it turns out that you know um, Eugene might have a plan after all. Yeah, we were actually curious because I, if I'm uh, aware, the comic storyline is where Eugene is just BSing, and it may still be that after all, but Eugene's answer was actually pretty concise and plausible. Yeah, so I, so it turns out he's not BSing after all. You know, it's just... I was, like, worried. Like, I was like I could see, like, the fear, the way he was acting, very jittery and all that stuff, and then he's saying, you know, we're going to take the pathogens of the the things and i'll make this whoa okay that this is this is actually gonna work out for his favor because not only does he know the you know the cure-all and all answer but it is uh but it isn't gonna be something like if this is gonna actually gonna happen it's gonna be a lot of uh stumbling blocks along the way if this actually comes to fruition the way he is seen it's not gonna be an all-at-once cure it's preparing themselves for a genocidal war here i mean they have themselves um Okay, first of all, the journey of a thousand miles begins at half a thousand miles because it does take five hundred over five hundred miles to get from Georgia to Washington D.C. And that's going to be a trek on itself. And by what we got from the original um, season five opening trailer that Comic Con released to us, it it did uh, it did help that kind of thing with. With the whole, you know, we got to get along kind of thing with the people from Terminus who survived and the people, the the current survivors that is that is going on, and we know that they're gonna, you know, tag team in there somehow. But well, I mean, if we if we can just ponder on that for a second, um, what's left of Terminus? <laughs> I mean, Carol did a, did quite a number on that. I mean, he, look at the damn thing; it was burning to the ground. And that's exactly what we wanted to see. I mean, if I'm accurate, I would say, because we know from the trailers, Gareth is going to come back. I'm really interested how Rick is going to even allow that. And maybe... He's going to plan his kill. That's what he's going to do. I don't know. I mean, look, we'll get to Rick in a minute, but Gareth, an interesting part of the episode, uh, 
we had some flashbacks into Gareth and his brother Alex and his mom, which was Mary, the girl, we, the, the older woman. They were actually, from what we can tell, the original people who conceived the Terminus, but then they ended up being uh, overrun by other people. And it's really, on, on the surface, it's a really unfortunate story that happened to them, but it's kind of hard to feel any sympathy towards them, considering the horrors the that they have later on. Because the whole thing, I mean... Um... I mean, yeah, I do feel kind of a bit of sympathy. Like, was she, like, the the little monologue she did to uh, Carol in that little sanctuary? I'm sorry, you're, you're, either, you're either the butcher or the cattle. That's the new theme of the season. Yeah, and I mean, it, fear the dead, fear the living used to be the, used to be the um, kind of thing. But it's just everything that, that came along into fruition with that monologue just made the stakes a little bit higher because they're going to stand by their standards no matter what. So, you know, nobody's going to change that mentality that they have, which put, puts everything at much more of a higher stake. I mean, if we can examine a couple other things in this episode. Speaking of steak, sorry to interrupt, but speaking of steak, did you see that they were preparing their next meal in the beginning? Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, the thing about that here is what we need to consider here. I think even from this episode, we can now understand as to why the cast was actually questioning why this can be aired on television. Because look, at the first four minutes, we had four people that were completely, th- their throats were slashed open. Like, yeah. and they, and The camera didn't even turn away. They showed us that. And just a little uh, tidbit here, the first guy that had his... Uh, his throat slash open was Sam from earlier in season four, and yeah. also his penguin on Gotham. Um, Which, by yeah. the way, you guys got to watch it just for his performance. He's stellar as Penguin. But I mean, just that in itself was, um, and the fact. Okay, another interesting thing uh, that went on with uh, with Tyrese's storyline is that something that we because we haven't had a chance to see Tyrese since that infamous episode now. Of season four with uh, hashtag don't look at the flowers. Exactly, he's still very reeling from that. He's he's just trying to recover from Lizzie, Mika, and the fact that Carol killed Karen and David. And even at this episode, we need to talk about this. At the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. Tyree is just so shaken up, he refuses to kill anyone. And Carol even says to him that she does not intend to stay at terminus. Why do you think that is? Maybe because she knows it's too good to be true, or because she doesn't want to cause any more awkward feeling with Tyrese or any of the other people that might be there. Terminus. Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. Maybe. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, she does feel that awkwardness. I mean, remember how they held that that guy captive in that yeah, in that he building? Asked, he asked Tyrese, "Is she your friend?" And then he, he hesitated. He hesitated. Scream. And so we had that. And then uh, after that, after that whole little thing that happened, they did have a, uh, he did, he, he's, tar- he's starting to warm up to her. He's starting yeah. to warm up to her, especially for after what she did. He, he now comes to full fruition that she's trying to get, you know, everybody alive as, you know, she's not only looking out for herself, she's looking out for everybody. And when she saw when she saw Rick go inside that little uh, slaughter house, 
um, she knew, she knew immediately, she knew immediately, oh, and by the way, if you're still listening to this, um, if you haven't told already, there's a lot of spoilers, so, uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, for whatever reason, Kyle always forgets to say that, that it's gonna be spoilers, but you know, everything we do is always spoilers. One thing, there's so many things about this episode, but I, I, there's, I mean, may be the creepiest things we've seen since that whole episode with the governor and Andrea. Um, if not just because of the bodies or the, de- or, or, or the decapitated things that we saw there. I mean, when Daryl, Rick, Glenn, and Bob walked into that, uh, we'll, we'll call it the, the workplace. Yeah, they, they just were like, these, and, and Daryl's line was great, these aren't people. Yeah. I mean, it was a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about the whole, uh, the whole scenario thing right there is that, um, I was watching it with my, um, with my stepdad and my brother, my brother, and, uh, all of us, they, they, they put the thing where, um, where they were, uh, okay, Rick, Rick was hiding behind a car, right? And he was going to attack these people that were shooting the things. He pointed out, did he deliberately maim those per- those people? That way they could suffer from the walkers? And then I'm like this, you know what? That's actually, you know, not of char- bad character from, uh, from Rick's perspective. Because Rick did have that kind of, kind of vibe about him. Like saying, you know, I mean, he deserves it. That little slight bit of revenge kind of thing. Like leaving them to the walkers to be eaten. And, um... I think now we can go ahead and talk about Rick here. Let's focus on Rick. He was just, at the beginning of the episode, he was just ready to pounce. Mm -hmm. He was more than happy to do so. And there were a couple of things that he said that we need to take into consideration. Um, Okay. When they got free, it's like, they don't uh, just, don't even give him a chance. Just get them. And a Mm -hmm. couple of things here as they were, we need to stop here and, and look at this. As they were exiting that, that little workplace, and Glenn heard some some people that were trapped in the carts, like, we have to help them, let's tell who we are, and Rick was like, it's not, but okay. I mean, he wanted to say to Glenn, you know, that's not who we are anymore, but okay, we'll do it for right now, and then that ended up backfiring, like, not even a second later. And then Glenn was, like, um, saying, yep, just screw it, just leave everybody back. And then when they escaped, Rick was hell-bent on, like, we're gonna go in there? We're going to kill every last one of them, and, and I, if I can be exact, they don't get to live. And I don't know if you caught Glenn and Maggie, specifically them, their reactions to what was going on, let alone Abraham and uh, Rosita, who don't even know the guy before any of this, but just focus on Glenn and Maggie. Their, their expressions were kind of like, um, Rick, did you go through some unforeseen character development that we haven't seen? Did we miss an episode? Here. Okay, <laughs> Maggie, Glenn, there's this thing called Netflix. You Google watch. You watch what watch your lives. And you're like, what? This is a reality show? Oh, my God. That would be a plot twist. All of this would be like a, some sort of sick, sick twisted. Um, and then there you have the Hunger Games. Oh, my God. This is like, uh don't fanfic me on this, but <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, Rick, Rick here is like, there's no more Herschel to keep him grounded. Um, he he accepts who he is, and if if I'm not mistaken, 
I think all the times he was killing them, he was enjoying every last bit of it. Yeah. That's something we rarely see protagonists do. That's something like like one of the ultimate antagonists of all time, like Darth Sidious, enjoys doing. I mean, or the governor, I mean, don't even have to bring him back up here. I think the reason why he was enjoying it was because he's just tired of it all. Yeah. He's just tired of it all, and I don't, and, I, and thoroughly, I don't blame him. I mean, I would be, if I was in his position, I'd be doing the same thing, too. But, um, he, but he does know who his friends is, and he does know who is, you know, enemy and who is not, and he does, uh, he, it's his family, you know? He doesn't, he doesn't want any harm to do his family, and he's gonna do whatever it takes. It's not gonna be none of this, we're this committee anymore. He's gonna do whatever it takes to keep them safe. Especially Carl. And Judith, of course, who he just happened to get, re- uh, see Reunited. Um, I think, is it much of a surprise that Terminus was dealt with so quickly? No, because, uh, like, uh, like, like Rick said at the, be- at the end of, uh, the fourth season, you know, he, they're, they're screwing with the raw people. No good reason, you know? I mean, I think now Gareth realizes that he's met, Gareth has said his met his match and so now it's going to be like Moriarty and uh, and Sherlock Holmes you know they're going to both be you know the kind of right balance of wits from what I think a, a couple of fans were, were half expecting the Terminus plotline to be very prevalent but apparently we're almost pretty much done with it now our group is on the road and I think for the first time in a long time it's pretty unpredictable what's going to happen next mm-hmm it is very unpredictable. I mean, you have uh, you have all these uh, different contributing factors. I mean, you do have a uh, Beth story, which needs to be um, re- mm. you know written again. Um, you it's have very reminiscent of the first season because and my, we, we were on that farm in that prison for a long time. I mean, and might I say, now that you mention it, that look that Rick gave when he saw Judith again is the same look that he gave when he came back to the campground in season one when he first saw Lori and, uh, and Carl. That was the same look. It's very, very, um, it's a mirror. It's a mirror on that, on that same scenario because he did feel hopeless and that he'll never see him again. There are a lot of mirrors on the show. I mean, could you have ever imagined a sweet little Carol from the first season would single-handedly break into a a, a fortress or a, or a, a, a compound and rescue everyone. Did you I ever was, see that coming? I was a little bit skeptical with her character. I thought that, like, okay, she's a throwaway character and all that stuff. She yeah. is, without a doubt, in my top five, top three favorite characters of The Walking Dead. Because this episode is my, she, she, she makes it, she's my favorite now. She's my favorite. I love her. And I'm like, and all the fans of Walking Dead out there um, who are missing the action-packedness from uh, from the half, the second half of the fourth season, there you go. There's their answer. They, It's a little bit of best of both worlds. There's, you know, the heartfelt moments. There's everything. I mean, it's just a perfectly well-rounded present to all the Walking Dead fans who have been patiently waiting since March to rewatch every single one of these episodes. I mean, I think really the hardest thing going forward is this, in my opinion. The back half of the fourth season, we spent so much more time 
with little bits and groups of our characters more than the show had previously given enough time to. And because of that, you get great character development, but at the same time, it makes it harder for fans to let go of some of these characters. And what is it you told me when I first got into the show, Kyle? Don't get too attached? Yeah. You, who do, how many people do you think we're going to be losing by the time we get to the finale later this year? I have the slightest it's idea. It's the biggest group they've had. It's the biggest group they've had and the best because everyone, I mean, has pretty much a purpose of being there. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree it, that the that last eight episodes made a, a convincing argument that they all have a purpose and they're all pretty uh, valuable assets. Oh yeah, and, they're, they're including Farah. Everybody, yeah, yeah. I wish, by the way, I went to see thinks of that of what because I'm sure he can remember her because she was he pointed out Rick and Tara remember back when the governor uh, destroyed the prison and killed Herschel she was oh, there yeah. Rick pointed her out oh yeah if you recall that I do remember okay okay refreshed memory here but uh it's it's I think now he's more accepting now that she's on his side because um anybody's well, we haven't seen that and uh, the producers uh, Scott Kimple and uh, Greg Nicotero had confirmed that next episode we're going to see some of that come to clash as well I mean the thing is the group is now back together all of them individually have been to some pretty serious stuff um, like Carol and with Glenn and everybody when they all come together they're going to pretty much tell their stories as to what exactly happened and I, I'm, I'm really interested to see if they're going to bring up Lizzie and me and the whole Carol I'm, thing. I'm, that's what I'm most interested in. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're going to bring up Lizzie and Mika, but um, I think well, just for like a second or so. Yeah, I mean, like, what happened to? Well, let's just say they looked at some uh, flora and fauna. <laughs> they let the flowers arrange themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, might I say? This is probably one of the most cinematically beautiful episodes I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm calling it. This is my favorite episode already. I think it, this rivals anything else for the best episode. Obviously, best season premiere. Um, this was so worth... This is what the last eight episodes was leading up to. This is definitely up there. Maybe it's in your top five, but I'm putting it in number one for right now because I just mm. the payoff was just so much worth it. Uh, yeah, it, it was worth it. Everything was put to place. Everything was there. there it, all around, perfect episode. Overall, perfect episode. Yeah. I give the episode five, four and a half five it was amazing it was i mean it, it, it simply put it was and it was and then the and then the score behind it, it it had the right level of string it had the right level of everything that was going on for it you know so i really liked that and i really appreciated everything that was that went on into the making this uh this uh this episode and uh it i i think we do you think we ramble on about this episode long enough uh yeah there's just one more thing i want to point out that we should uh think about how dark uh 
aside from the whole cannibalism and the slashing of the throats, that guy had his arms around Judith's neck. That was a thing that happened here. This shouldn't be overlooked. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, that's another. That just goes into how dark they're going to go this season. And this is just the first episode, mind you. There's like. 15 more to go. How more can they possibly go? They almost... Uh, I, I'm being serious. The guy had his arms around Judith's neck and he threatened... He, he even said it. A twist is all it takes. And to put it from... A, to quote Stan from a South Park, this was not a movie. This was a snuff film. <laughs> it was like probably the one... It's probably the most bloodiest episode of Walking Dead. Do you agree? It's, it, yeah, easily one of the best, one of the creepiest, one of the most controversial and most talked about and most anticipated. When people think of The Walking Dead, they will look to this episode as being one of the most iconic. I will call it right now. Mm-hmm. This is what The Walking Dead is all about. It, You know, it. Robert Kirkman... Held the held the Walking Dead, waiting for it to run, and then it just went off. Whoosh! Started running, and I and I really like that. I really like that. It, it you know, it got you hooked again. It got you hooked for Walking Dead. I can't wait for more. And speaking of hook, hopefully we can do this for a weekly thing. And speaking of hook, you gotta watch the new episode of Once Upon a Time. I think it kicked it up a notch. I think it definitely kicked it up a oh, notch. Oh, that's going to be a, a, something hard to do because my DVR didn't record it, so who knows if I'll even get the chance to see it. Unless you want to invite me over to see it. I don't know if I'll we'll get the chance to. Maybe, you know, who knows. But uh, this is definitely a great episode of The Walking Dead. Um, this is a Red Spotlight Entertainment, and over Skype, I have Alexis Soto with me. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch you later, guys, and check in for more Red Spotlight Entertainment. Bye.